Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Just a heads up, the introduction to this episode contains explicit language. Hi, I'm Alan Montesilio, in for Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Bay Area sports teams have done very well over the last decade or so. The Warriors have won four titles since 2015, and the Giants won three in the early 2010s. But if you grew up in the Bay during the 80s and 90s, the truly great pro sports team was the San Francisco 49ers. Montana, Rice, he's open! No flags are down, touchdown! 49ers won five Super Bowls between 1981 and 1994. But it's been a minute since they've won it all, and fans are chomping at the bit for another one. I was born and raised in San Francisco with two older brothers and they were all in the sports, and 49ers just became a thing, a household thing. We've endured so much in the last few years, not just in sports, but in life in general. We're looking for a reason to celebrate. The Bay prevails, we always do. Everyone doubts us throughout the nation, but you know what, at the end of the day, we step up and we we go above and beyond and we fucking win because we're winners, and that's what the Bay does. On Sunday, the 49ers will face off against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a rematch from four years ago, which the Niners lost. But today, we'll talk about why this could finally be our year. So David, you are in Vegas for the Super Bowl. What has it been like these past few days in the run-up to the Super Bowl? Well, it's the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, which is a spectacle in and of itself. This is David Lombardi. He covers the 49ers for The Athletic. I have some friends who live about 20 minutes off the strip, and they came in for one of the events last night, and they told me that it took them an hour and a half to, to drive home. It's a massive convention combined with a party, and I'll tell you what, there are a lot of 49ers fans in town because it's only a 50-55 minute flight. There's a lot of pent-up energy from 49ers fandom just because they have been so close but haven't yet smoked the cigar yet when it comes to winning that Super Bowl here over the past few years. I want to ask a little more about you and your uh, backstory. What are some of your earliest memories of 
the 49ers? My earliest memory of the 49ers came in January of 1993 when I was about four and a half years old. And I remember sitting on the couch in our old house in Visalia, California, Central Valley town. I remember my dad upset as the Dallas Cowboys were scoring a long touchdown to put away the NFC championship game at the end of the 1992 season. We have two minutes left at Candlestick, and the Cowboys are up by 10. That's the fourth San Francisco turnover. The 49ers actually beat Dallas and won the Super Bowl two seasons after that. I don't remember that, though. I next remember when they lost to the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs to close out the 1995 season. So I remember that that one moment against the Cowboys when I was about four and a half. And then I remember very vividly the the games against the Packers, Steve Young against Brett Favre and the end of the 49ers dynasty there in the 1990s. Well, fast forward 30 years later, you're now covering the 49ers and they are back in the Super Bowl. How would you characterize this version of the 49ers? I think this version of the 49ers has a lot in common with the past teams that were great. They're tremendously balanced. They obviously have the number one offense in football. Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey are both MVP finalists. There are only five MVP finalists in the whole NFL. Two of them are on the 49ers offense. But even though that offense is you know, borderline historically good this year, the defense is also a top five defense. And that the defense may not be playing as well as it had been at points of last season and even 2019 when this team last reached the Super Bowl, but it's still really good. And when you have both sides of the football performing at a top five level, you have a really good chance to win the Super Bowl. Let's talk about Purdy and McCaffrey. And let's begin with starting quarterback Brock Purdy. Tell me a bit more of his backstory before he joined the Niners and and how he got to this point. Well, he was fairly lightly recruited out of high school in the Phoenix area, Arizona. He ended up going to Iowa State, which is not a small program. It's not a top-tier program, but it's a a mid-tier program, right? And what really, you know, resonates about the Brock Purdy story is that he he held on to that job for all four years at Iowa State. You talk to people around that program and they'll tell you that he transformed the Iowa State program. The experience that he got playing from freshman year to senior year, there's a lot of repetitions under his belt. And that made his assimilation into the 49ers offense all the more fluid first down and goal play action purdy look at end zone let's it rip and he's got a touchdown to brandon ayu even though a lot of outsiders thought that he just came out of nowhere the 49ers knew that they had a really experienced quarterback i don't think that they quite grasped what his upside was and we're seeing that upside we're I mean, it's astounding people right now, right? But they did know that they had a high floor quarterback coming out of college. And you ask about his background, I think that's the most important thing to note, that that he had that experience and he was ready to take it and translate it to the NFL level. And what about Christian McCaffrey? Um, you know, one of the league's best running backs, 
joined the 49ers relatively recently, I think 2022. Tell me more about him. Well, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the best player in football. I think that Brock Purdy is the most valuable player in football, and I think Christian McCaffrey is the best player in football. And the reason that those two things are different is because different positions on the football field carry different value, and the way that the the sport is now set up, quarterback is the most important position. But you can't say enough about the greatness of Christian McCaffrey. They get it off. McCaffrey, right side, big seam, cut, 30. McCaffrey! Touchdown, San Francisco! His impact because of his adaptability on the field has been one of gravity. You'll see the defense step toward him even if he's not getting the football. It's like Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. People are stepping toward him even if he's not shooting because they're so afraid of his ability to kill you from three-point range. So McCaffrey's done that for the 49ers. He's opened stuff up for other people. And then when he's gotten the ball, well, he, he's gotten himself open, too. I mean, he's he really is something. And he's the only player in the NFL this year with over 2,000 all-purpose yards, which means rushing and receiving combined. And the next highest running back on that list is at, like, 1,500 yards. So McCaffrey is leaps and bounds ahead of uh, the, the next highest qualifier. I want to ask about defense a little bit more. I think for for casual fans, and I think this is true of, of sports in general, I think it's a little harder to grasp like what makes a defense strong and what to look for. What parts of their defense are going to be really important? Well, they've got stars across the defense too. So Nick Bosa is one of the, he was the defensive player of the year last season. Fred Warner, who's probably the best linebacker in football. The 49ers have legitimate voices on this defense with experience. They also have big-time athleticism, big-time talent. Now, that doesn't mean they're without a weakness. The, the, the run defense has struggled a bit because they're, they're extremely aggressive. So if there's one misstep, that, that there is a little bit of vulnerability to a counterattack. But ultimately, when push came to shove, the 49ers have clamped down defensively. I just think they probably need to do that earlier in this game because they're facing one of the best to ever do it in Patrick Mahomes. Well, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been to, I believe, three out of the last four Super Bowls. They've won two of them, including one against the 49ers. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the Chiefs and what they're bringing to the table. Well, the Chiefs are different than when they beat the 49ers four years ago. I think a lot of people still think that Mahomes and this offense, just by reputation, is this extremely explosive offense that's going to be able to score on on any given down from any point of the field. But the Chiefs aren't doing that nearly as prolifically as before. It's almost like these two teams have traded places over the past four years. The 49ers have been the most explosive offense in football. The Chiefs are more of the methodical they run the ball a lot. Mahomes has been precise in short range this year. He's really good, but they're different than they're different than I think what they're ad, often advertised to be. So it, it, they have the championship pedigree, but the 49ers have the statistical advantage. Well, it's interesting you say that, David, because I think that's how I was coming to this Super Bowl before I really dove into it, and I sort of assumed, well, the Chiefs have won. They have Patrick Mahomes. Surely they must be favored, but it doesn't it doesn't quite seem like that. Who and what do I need to be most afraid of on the Chiefs' side? I'm, I'm guessing it begins with Patrick Mahomes. 
Well, yeah, of course. On on offense, you're going to have to look out for Patrick Mahomes. But in football, just it's so much deeper than that because everybody's got. You're reliant on other players to to execute their job. So, for example, Isaiah Pacheco, who's the Chiefs running back, if he has a big game, that's going to open things up for Patrick Mahomes because he won't have to worry about the 49ers pass rush as much. Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends to, to ever do it, and he's got a, a tremendous rapport with Patrick Mahomes. They they improvise. They, they'll run off script a lot. He'll find open space, and it's really hard to defend that. I want to take a quick detour to talk about some aspects of the Super Bowl that aren't the game itself, because another reason why many people watch the Super Bowl is the halftime show, which is headlined by Usher. Uh, I know you're there for the game, but Anything you're looking forward to, or are you going to be nose to the grindstone during halftime? I, I, I had no idea that it was Usher even playing at the halftime show, so that probably <laughs> answers your question, yeah. But it's funny. that I am so locked into the game, and I'll probably be catching up on stuff at halftime. Coming up, who David thinks will win on Sunday... And yes, I will ask him about Taylor Swift. Stay with us. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I do have to ask you about the world's most famous Kansas City Chiefs fan, Taylor Swift, who is, of course, dating tight end Travis Kelsey. She's expected to be at the game on Sunday. Has that extra attention do you think factored into these these playoffs at all, especially for the Chiefs? I don't think it's factored into anything from a football perspective. I do think it's good for the league. I think it's put more eyeballs on the NFL. This is the entertainment industry, right? So it's it's the ultimate entertainment industry collaboration here, where you have the most famous musical artist in the world uh, at some of these games, and it obviously is just a recipe for social media to completely blow up. So I, I think it's been great for NFL engagement. I think ultimately when you play football, to be able to step in between those white lines in the sport that's so violent, so dangerous, you you have to 
have tunnel vision. And these guys are professionals that they have to enter a different headspace in order to perform at their best and in order to, to keep themselves as safe as possible. You're going to get run over out on that field if, if, if stuff outside of you is a distraction. So I don't think that's impacted the game at all because I think all of these guys are professionals. I do think it's been good for the sport, though, just because this is the entertainment industry and, and, and we've seen so many more people interested in football as a result of all this. And they have done it. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. As we've talked about, and as many listeners probably know, the Chiefs and 49ers played in the Super Bowl four years ago. The Chiefs won 31 to 20. Is this a rematch or does this feel different? Well, it's it's a rematch, but it's a it does feel different. I think both can be true at once. The the same head coaching matchup. It's Andy Reid against Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers have a different quarterback now and Brock Purdy, but Patrick Mahomes is still there. Travis Kelsey is still there. The NFL is, you know, stands for not for long. So <laughs> over four years, there's going to be a lot of turnover, and there has been a lot of turnover. But one thing that I don't think has turned over on either side is the culture. And there's a reason why both of these teams have been Probably the two most successful teams in the National Football League. The Chiefs definitely have been over the past five years. They've won those two Super Bowls. I'd put the 49ers a second just because they, they keep on going back to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Even through a, a league where nothing, everything seems ephemeral, both of these teams have figured out a way to maintain that vibe, that success, and, and it, it, you know, set their rosters up for prosperity and uh, in that way this is a rematch but because it is a fundamental truth of the league that stuff changes so rapidly it's going to feel different than that 2019 game are you someone who makes predictions do you have thoughts on on who you think is going to win yeah, I think ultimately the 49ers are are better this year. I think that they've improved since 2019. I think that the the main key is that the Chiefs since then have lost Tyreek Hill and the 49ers have added Christian McCaffrey. Those are two of the premier offensive weapons in the game and the Chiefs have seen subtraction on that front and the 49ers have seen addition on that front. And obviously Brock Purdy is sensational. So that gives the 49ers an upgrade at the most important position as well. So Ultimately, I do think that the 49ers have an edge. I'm going to say 28-27 49ers. That's an iconic score in 49ers history. That's the the score of the game where they beat the Cowboys in the 1981 season NFC Championship game with the catch from Dwight Clark. So I'm having a little fun with the history there. 28-27 49ers. David, I do want to end by asking about the fan base. Obviously, every fan base wants to win the championship, and I'm sure Chiefs fans would love to add another one. But how badly do Niners fans want this? What what would a win on Sunday mean to people here in the Bay Area and and you know across the region? Not just the region. I think the nation and the world. The 49ers of the 80s and the 90s were the standard bearers of the NFL, especially in the 80s, and they won those five Super Bowls over that what 15 year stretch and developed truly an international fan base and they have now not won for 29 years the pent-up frustration the pent-up longing to get back to the promised land and, and actually win it is real 
I don't think a lot of sports reporters do this, but I really try to get out into the community and get a, a feel for what this means. And back in when the 49ers won their first Super Bowl in 1981, you could talk to politicians. Diane Feinstein used to talk about it a lot, how much that meant for the city of San Francisco, particularly after the tragedies of the late 70s with Jonestown and with Harvey Milk and, and George Moscone being assassinated. She, she, Diane Feinstein for years would talk about how much that, that 49ers win meant for rallying the community and bringing something that people truly bonded over. I think that a 49ers Super Bowl championship could do something similar for the community. And the Warriors winning championships, that was great. The Giants winning championships, that was great. But let's be honest. The 49ers are more deeply ingrained in the fabric of the Bay Area. They're so ingrained in the fabric locally that a win could mean, you know, it would just it would be a massive, massive boost to uh, to, to a lot of people. David, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to David Lombardi, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic. This interview was cut down and edited by me, Alan Montecilio. Dana Cronin scored this episode and added the tape. Music courtesy of Firstcom Music, Universal Production Music, Audio Socket, and Audio Network. Special thanks as well to KQED's Brian Watt and Azul Dahlstrom Ekman. Thank you as well to the fans you heard at the top of the show. That was Bobby from San Mateo and Fernando and Jeff in San Francisco. The Bay is made by me, senior editor Alan Montecilio, Maria Esquinka, our producer, and Erica Cruz Guevara, our host. Jen Chien is KQED's director of podcasts. Katie Sprenger is our podcast operations manager. Cesar Saldana is our podcast engagement producer. Maha Sanad is our podcast engagement intern. And KQED's chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Alan Montecilio, in for Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Go Niners. I'm a Niner forever like rice and locks. Niner Empire into the world. Who are we? Bang, bang, Niner gang. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.